Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and a devoted alcohol recovery coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Shine Within podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Phyllis Levitt. She graduated from Antioch University with a master's degree in psychology and counseling in 1989. She initially co-directed a sexual abuse treatment program before going into private practice full-time, treating children, families, couples, and individual adults for over 30 years. She also published two books, A Light in the Darkness and Into the Fire. And she is, present, she is currently preparing a new book called America in Therapy for Publication. And I'm excited about that. And I, I want to know about this book here. So welcome. Welcome, Phyllis. It's so nice to meet you. Well, thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you. And thank you so much for having me today. Of course. And now I just want to know a little bit about your background. What happened in your life in the 90s when you were journaling that something happened where it created you to become an author. Yeah. Well, you know, I always, I always wrote ever since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a writer. I loved writing. I loved writing for school. I liked writing on my own. I wrote poetry when I was a teenager and, and I always kept journals. And so um, I was keeping a lot of journals um, when I was younger and um, I was also going through some really hard times and I was in therapy and I was keeping a journal sort of of my progress. And um, while I was keeping that journal, I really began to get in touch with a much higher consciousness that was telling me very specifically what my soul was doing here in all the experiences that I was having that were difficult um, and what my soul was learning, what I was here to transform and do with the difficulties that I was facing. So sort of between the approach of therapy, which is really like trying to heal old wounds in this life, um, I got this bigger perspective of what my soul has been kind of working on through many lifetimes. And, um, and one of the things that came out of that was that my soul really wanted to have a voice. Like I was really working with this chakra and my soul really wanted to speak and had a voice and, um, and that this consciousness that came to me, which I call like a divine voice or a divine source, um, was part of what I wanted to talk about. And so those two books that I wrote that are, that are in print, um, a light in the darkness and into the fire are all about the spiritual part of my journey and, and sort of how that segues, if, 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 if it's okay, I'll just sort of tell you how that segues a little bit into my present yes, book. So please. all this time, yeah, I'm a psychotherapist all this time. I went to graduate school um, back starting, I think, in 87 or 89. I don't even remember anymore. 
And um, I went to graduate school and got a master's in psychology and counseling. So I had these two worlds, you know, this very spiritual, deep spiritual connection and the world of psychology and kind of healing the wounds to our conditioning from this life, you know, and from from our childhood, primarily a childhood and any other influences in our um, immediate upbringing that were part of the conditioning that, you know, gave us messages about ourselves that were either good or not so good. Um, and some of the ones I got, like many people, were not so great, <laughs> right? That we're kind of working through. And so what I what I what I realized, one of the things that was so beautiful about this divine connection that I made is I got many very, very specific messages. And one of them was that all pain is calling you home to your soul. That's the purpose of pain is to transform it into a connection to your deepest self. So that was one message. And the, and the, and the other really profound message that I want to share with you here right now is what they said is that we all go home together. This isn't about me going to Nirvana or me going to heaven. We're here to help our fellow human beings all make that journey back to our essential selves, back to our connection with source or God or spirit or goddess or whatever we call it. Each person calls it something else, their soul. Um, but we're all here to help each other make that journey. And how it's really clear to me now that the world kind of the world of spirit and the world of psychology merge is that one of the ways that we can help each other is be is by becoming emotionally and mentally healthy because emotionally and mentally healthy people love one another and they care and they're invested in repairing broken human relations. They're not invested in hatred or discrimination or violence. Um, does that make sense? And so how we can really help each other on this road to our own reconnection with whatever we call it, our heart, our source, God, um, is by being of service to one another. And the best way to do that is to get emotionally healthy. <laughs> so that's it in a nutshell. Yes, I love that because it's so oftentimes that we don't know why we are the way we are. And we really need to experience the darkness in order for us to see the light. And it's, it's unfortunate, like in my situation, you know, I had a lot of trauma as a young child, you know, a lot of sexual abuse. And yeah. from the ages of six to 12. And yeah. I, I noticed that I was always angry all the time. Sometimes I still feel angry. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't go away necessarily. But yeah. I, I noticed I get so angry. So do you feel like a lot of pe how people, adults act now is because of their childhood that they had? Absolutely. A hundred percent, you know, and that's really what good therapy really focuses on. And I share that, you know, I had also sexual abuse in my childhood and that's what I was recovering from. And exactly what you said is what started me on my journey, which is I was a mystery to myself. I didn't understand why I made the choices that I made. I didn't understand why I was so, I felt like I had a dark cloud over me. I didn't understand why I felt like a flawed human being, you know? And so and what I feel now is that as a nation, and this sort of segues to the book that I'm writing now called America in Therapy, we're the same as a nation. I think we don't really know why there's so much violence. 
why we're choosing leaders who are so invested in their own well-being and not the well-being of the populace, why they proliferate so much hatred and so much discrimination and so much withholding of the fundamental resources of life from so many people, which is exactly what abusive people do in their families. And so I'm, I'm trying to tie what I know about individual, the effects of individual abuse and the dynamics of individual abuse in families to what's going on in the family of America so we can stop being a mystery. Why are there accelerating mass murders here? It's not a mystery. We are not mentally well as a population, just as I wasn't mentally well in making some of the choices that I made. And Fortunately, my body does not like substances. So if it did, I probably would have been an addict um, because of the pain that I was in. But that wasn't the way I went. I just went more into depression and withdrawal um, and making really bad relationship choices. <laughs> That's what I did when I was young. And Same. so it's going to come out somewhere. It's mm-hmm. going to come out somewhere. Um, and so you know, in therapy, we look at a person's symptoms. What do they come to therapy for? Their relationships aren't working. Their parenting is off. They can't find the kind of creative expression that they're longing for. Work environment is really troubling. They don't have friends or the friends they have are either exploiting them or mistreating them or abandoning them or betraying them, whatever. We come because we're in pain, right? And so we look at the symptoms and then we trace them back to some of the causes. And I feel that the same thing can be done with our country. We look at our symptoms. Are we creating a healthy family environment for most American people? Do they feel loved? Do they feel like they belong? Are they provided with the resources they need? Do they have opportunity? Are they valued for their individual gifts? Are they honored for diversity? Are we providing that environment? No, we're not. Yeah, you're right. Just like in an abusive family, people are ostracized, their violence is reaped on them, they're exploited, they're not liked because they're too fat, they're too thin, their skin is too dark, their hair is too dark, you you know, whatever, Um, or simply because an abusive person wants to wants to take from them Mm -hmm. yes and i agree with you the world is so corrupt that it demonstrates all negativity our our leaders i mean (laughs) we shouldn't even have any parties no democrats no republicans we're just human we're just human beings that we're here to love and not just be divided Uh, you know everybody i feel like everybody's divided and there's so much influence in our culture when it comes to movies it's all violent <laughs> you don't see it there's all everyone's killing somebody and yeah. or it's sexual there's a lot of pornography going on as well destroying families and then even you know they want the women to work so it's like they're not at home taking care of the children and everything is all messed up in this world and i agree with you if, if we were to just be healed as a nation like in your book then America in therapy, excuse me, <laughs> then okay. it would be a much better place and we'd be happier and we'd be all united. 
And and we would be people centered instead of power centered or possession centered or even technology centered because those power and resources and technology would be in service of what's best for people. And and I really want to say here, what's best for our children? You know, parents are the greatest influence on their children. If they role model love and caring and sharing and cooperation and peaceful conflict resolution, which I feel is really high on the top of the list, if they model that, their children learn that. And we have so many people in power right now in the family of America who don't model that. They are not invested in repair. They're not invested in the the well-being of the family of America. It Does that make sense? And so this is also an influence on our children that's way beyond what any parent can even provide. This is what's in the media. This is what's in the movies. These are the role models of the parents of America. Not all of them, but many that are in the news are role modeling behaviors that are dangerous and destructive. And we wouldn't want to tolerate those in our own homes, yet we tolerate them from our government. And that, to me, is a sign of the declining mental health of our country. And that's why saying America and therapy, we need to restore our mental health if we want to be safe and even viable. You're so right. Because if, 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 if we just had good news every day, someone actually just shared with me that there's an app that is a good news app. And then they just use that and they have like good stories. And then they have even this animal section, things that make humans laugh and feel joy. Because you see in the news even every day is the first thing you do is you'll go on your phone or you put on TV and then there's going to be something, a death of yeah. something, you know, a tragedy Absolutely. here, a car accident here, so-and-so is fighting a shooting there. This is, And then, of course, it's going to be in our mind and our, in our consciousness. And then we just go on in our day in the back of our head, really have that in us still, <laughs> you know, see, uh, with violence yeah, and, and everything. And the sad part of it is two things. One, yes, that more good news isn't part of what we actually feed each other with the media. Um, One of the things that was really interesting to me when I was writing my book is I did a lot of research on different topics. And one of the things that came up that was very heartening, but it isn't in the news, is that there's been research done on what percentage of the population actually volunteers their time to help others. And it's a huge percent. But that's not what gets talked about. So, you know, that's just something nice to know that people are actually out there doing good things all the time that don't get mentioned. Um, And the other thing that I think is sad about the way that the media really makes sensationalism out of violence and discord and fighting um, and division is that it's not being labeled as this is a problem. This is dysfunction. What can we do, America, to heal this? Like, I have this vision. I kind of wrote about this in my book. I have this vision. What if we had mediators in Congress, people who were, that we legislated, that we wanted people in Congress to help people listen to each other who have very different opinions and policies and stands on what should happen, What if we actually were committed to hearing one another, that a mediator was there to help resolve the problems instead of intensify them? That's a great idea. 
because that's what we do in therapy. If a couple comes to therapy or a family comes to therapy, we help them resolve their problems. We help them listen to each other's pain or each other's purpose or each other's, you know, commitments to what they think is right and helpful and come to some mutual understanding. And it's, yeah. And these are the things we want in our families, right? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Families, you don't see so many divorces or separations or, you know, children or going into the system. And that's so sad. I mean, why not the family of America? Yeah. Family, you know, it is so sad. And what are some ways that, you know, in your, in your expertise, cause you're in psychotherapy for so long. Uh, what are some ways that you've helped families come closer together? What do you tell them? Well, you know, one of the things that, um, there's many things, but one of the things that is, you know, often we often start with is, you know, what brought you together in the first place? If it's a couple, what did you love about each other? What were your hopes and dreams for your family? Even if they're not manifesting, you know, what was that spark? What did you see in each other that attracted you or called you? And sometimes it's not the most healthy thing, you know, but, but usually there's some goodness in there too. You know, I saw that she was very kind. I saw that he was strong and, you know, creative, um, and and because often we're attracted to people who compliment us in some way. You have a quality that I don't have. I have a quality that you don't have. And that brings us together. And then we find out, you know, later on that those qualities that we are attracted to annoy us. You know? <laughs> <Right>? That is <laughs> so true. <laughs> we're like, oh. Yeah. You start with that. We try to like remember the connection because the goal of any good therapy, the goal of healing is reconnection. Whether I'm just in therapy by myself and I'm reconnecting to my essential self, or I'm in therapy with my partner and we're reconnecting to our love, or if we can't, that we're learning how to separate peacefully and respectfully. Or we're learning how to reconnect, you know, in a healthier way with our children or our boss or, you know, whatever. But it's all about repair. And so we frame it that way from the very beginning. The goal is repair. Imagine if that was the goal for our country. If our goal was repair between the parties. If our goal was repair between the races and the different religions, between men and women between us and other countries this would be incredible so we know this we know that if we frame our work together as the goal being repair and reconnection that we're already on the right road we're already on a road to peace safety and the rekindling of some kind of love then we look at what's in the way Mm -hmm. and you know one person might bring trauma that's being reenacted in the relationship, or they had terrible role models of relationship from their own parents that they've unconsciously imprinted into their own psyche. Um, Or they, or, you know, a man might not see a woman as an equal, or a woman might not see a man as emotionally available, you know, and so we work with the conditioning, but, 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 you know, there's so many elements to therapy that I can't really, but but the thing that I just want to emphasize, because I think it it really hits home with us as individuals and as a country is, 
we want to be able to hear each other's pain because we can really hear each other's pain we can start to develop empathy mm-hmm. and when we develop empathy then we're more likely to work things out it's so good and so true yes and that's why when people are sharing and being vulnerable and sharing their story then there's more connections being made like i'll give an example when i went to um because i had tried to commit suicide twice in my life and then one time I, out of inpatient, I was in outpatient program and I felt like, okay, I felt first I didn't belong there, but then I'm hearing everybody else's story, how they're experiencing anger and anxiety, depression. I felt like, Hey, these are my people. (laughs) I, then I made these close relationships with them and I didn't feel like I was by myself. I felt like I wasn't alone anymore. Someone, someone can relate to me and I can relate to them. That's such a good point. That's such a good point because I think when people have trauma and they carry a lot of pain that they're just trying to manage on their own, inevitably, I know I felt this way, you feel alone. You just feel like you're alone in the universe and we're not alone. We're really not. But it takes having a safe place to communicate with other people to start to build that sense of reconnection. And I think that's absolutely pivotal to healing. And that's why what's happening in our country is so sad because it seems like some of the policymaking and the role models of how you deal with conflict are actually enhancing the disconnection and the feelings of, you know, no one's going to hear me, you know, on the other side, whatever, yes. if that makes sense. Yes. And then millions of people are being marginalized. Mm-hmm. And yeah. have no voice. And then when they do have a voice, they're either shunned or they're just, <laughs> there's violence that happens afterward. It's like, oh, <laughs> nobody wins. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens in abusive families. And that's one of the connections I've been making in my book, mm-hmm. that in abusive families, as long as an abuser is in power, they don't want feedback. They don't want to be stopped. They don't want to be held accountable for the impact that they're having on other people. So anyone who dares to tell the truth is in danger, is either going to be silenced or shunned or ostracized or shamed or hurt worse. And that's exactly what abusive governments do. And we're seeing it. Peaceful demonstrators being tear gassed um, and shot with rubber bullets and jailed so sad it's like why they're just they're being peaceful they wanted to use their voice peacefully and still get shut down now this 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 world is definitely corrupt but i do see some changes happening and some shifts i'm seeing a lot more uh entrepreneurial women and men yes Yes. and i'm seeing them more as like coaches and being involved working with uh in either group settings with people or one-on-one individual basis and it's neat because I feel like humanity is going through this shift right now. Uh, I think things are, it feels like it, things are changing. It's, uh, yes. Where people are starting to w- wake, it, wake up a little bit to what's going on in the world and in the surrounding. I think that's absolutely true. And that's the good news. The good news is that sometimes it takes a lot of pain for us to wake up. Yes. And I think that's what's happening. And I think, I just think, you know, just being sort of, you know, coming into this podcast world of seeing how many people are dedicating their time like yourself to creating forums for many voices to speak so that, that our voices are out there anyway, even if they're not on the night 
nightly news and there's places people can go to find people like themselves or find help or find education. And because I do think that education is one of the primary things that we need. We need to understand psychologically what's happening to us. We need to know the effects of abuse in families. We need to know what are the things that help sitting down and learning how to listen to each other the way we want to be heard. You know, we can learn how to do this. We can learn how to respect our differences. We can learn how to settle disagreements without violence. We can learn to become much less judgmental and much more empathic. And so there's all these different forums to learn that in. And that's very exciting. Yes, it is exciting because when I'm working with some women and when I'm talking to some women in my little collaborative group for entrepreneurial women, everyone's telling their story. And it's it's nice that they're just like, you know, I helped so-and-so. They're struggling with this, but I feel like I helped them. And I just feel like there's so much more positivity happening and then that is the good news and like you're absolutely right we we did need to go to this dark this dark stages in our life to see the light and now that we're seeing the light how can we help others see the light as well absolutely and i think what you're saying and i'm saying sort of the same thing is that if you've gone to the dark yourself you can really have empathy for what what happens to people when they're there or what brought them there and we need that empathy for each other um, and so I think that's, that's the blessing in disguise, you know, and it really is. It is. And I think a lot of it is more like people need to learn how to love themselves because right. they don't love themselves. And then that kind of then they lash out at other people because they're not happy with themselves. They're going to reflect their, their selves to others. And then that's like a domino effect. And then those other people will do the same. And then it just gets all messed up. What are some practices somebody can do to start loving themselves? Well, you know, I think there's different things. I think, first of all, I think, you know, get help if you're really in pain. You know, there's there's some messages in our society that we shouldn't need help. You know, we should buck up. We should be stronger. We should move on, get over it. And, you know, reach out if you're in pain because connecting to another human being who's empathic and helpful can make all the difference in a person's life, you know, and we, then we can absorb the love and safety from that person and bring it to our own world. And that's one of the gifts of psychotherapy. It's not psychotherapy. Isn't the only place a person can get that. Um, but it's certainly one place where it's safe to be who we are and be received by another person fully. So that's one element Another is like, if you have a calling, if something really speaks to you, like you love to draw or you love music or you love animals or you love nature or you love working with little children, whatever it is, like make place in your life for what really calls to you. Even if you're, if, even if it's not your job, if it's your job, fantastic, but make a place for what really calls to you because there's an endless source of our life energy that can be tapped into by following what calls us our passion. It could be anything. It could be, I like to do people's hair. It could, you know, it could be anything. Um, But because we need that life force to bolster ourselves against some of the things that are more difficult or help us navigate through. Um, I'd say, educate yourself, read, read, 
you know, if you're, if you don't know about something that's going on with you, read about it, talk to people, listen to podcasts, um, you know, get, get informed, um, open your world. Um, and I know that when, when I was younger and I was really going through a hard time reading biographies of other people who overcame great odds was a big source of inspiration for me before I actually did therapy myself. So, you know, what other people have to share can be invaluable. Um, And then, you know, if you have a calling to a spiritual connection or religion or a practice or meditation, give that to yourself because the best source of self-love is finding some connection to your soul, your essence, your heart, um, and it generates out from there. There's there's just so many ways to approach it, and they're all good, you know, and we don't have to pick one. And sometimes it's a crisis that brings a person, you know, like like we like what we've been doing isn't working, so we get to be open to something new. Yes, I remember when I was in my recovery, early phase of recovery, nature was my biggest thing, and I loved just hiking and being in the beach, anything where I was in the element outside, breathing the fresh air and, you know, no phone, no headphones, just me. And I felt I was connected to God. You know, it's like, oh, the creation, you know, it was just so, so magnificent and beautiful and very peaceful. And it soothed my soul. I felt like my soul was at home. (laughs) Yes. I had that too. Very strong with nature. I still do. Oh yeah. There's something from nature that I just don't get anywhere else. And I get lots of things other places, but nature is its own, it's its own endless source. Yes. No, I was actually going onto your website and I love your blogs. They're so inspiring. And I don't know too much about the chakras. Like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on this uh, new path and the spiritual awakening right now. And, and I, I wanted to learn more about like, chakras and energy healing and balancing because I'm also a massage therapist and everyone always told me like oh you have healing hands you have healing hands but I don't know where that comes from (laughs) I thought my hands are just strong but yeah yeah maybe one of my gifts how does someone tap into their gifts or how can they actually what how can they realize what gifts they have well I think the the first thing is to just start with what calls to you because usually something calls to you. Like some people just love music, you know, and they really relate to that and it lifts them up. And some people really relate to art or science or math. You know, I don't have that brain. <laughs> Neither um, do I. <laughs> but, but you know, some people are just born with that and they they love it. And I would say, start with where you're called because there's something, whatever it is. Um, start there and then, you know, and then do something with it. You know, I never could have imagined where writing would have taken me if I hadn't engaged in it. Does that, you know, does that make sense? It makes total sense. And then, you know, writing was your passion and then look where it led you even further. Right. You you had that experience and then you just took off with it. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes, you know, not to get into a whole thing about the chakras today, but you know, what I learned is that, you know, we all are dealing with all these different energies that are in us. And sometimes some are more prominent than others. So for me, it was really like the throat chakra, because that's 
this chakra of communication and, you know, words, our voice comes out of our mouth. Um, and so, you know, and this is, this can be a clue for some people. Like what I noticed is like when I was a little girl, when I got sick, I almost always got a sore throat. So sometimes where you have symptoms in your body is a clue to where your energy is blocked. So, you know, the, the, some of our chakras are places where energy is both blocked and where it really wants to be freed up to be expressed. So that can be a clue. Um, someone who, you know, has like, um, you know, always sort of has like pain in their, in their gut, you know, maybe they have solar plexus issues, which is really about actually in life. So if there's a block there, um, that might be where their physical pain is. It's not, I don't know that it's a hundred percent true, but I have found that to be true with myself and with many other people. Yes. And I always experience lower back pain and I'm not sure if it's from car accidents that I've had or the lifestyle that I used to have, but I always notice like, man, why is my lower back always in a lot of pain? Well, then something must be blocked in there. Yeah. And it could be, I mean, that could be where, is it like way down on your Yeah, that's where the tailbone yeah. is. Yeah. Because I've had that too. And so, you know, some of your years of um, struggle with addiction and whatever you went through were kind of destructive energies that you're moving through that part of your body to release. Mm, and creativity, which you are like this podcast is is part of the healing, I would say, of that energy because you're you're doing something really creative and birthing, you know, your own voice, you're birthing other people's voices. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, I don't like public speaking before. I was very shy and I never like was volunteering, you know, hey, I'll go ahead and go on stage and, you know, say this. No, never. <laughs> So, so I always feel like I need to always break out of my comfort zone and do something new. And that's, that's build me more confidence is just trying new things, see what I like. And I'm going to tell you, like during 2020, I didn't realize that I actually enjoyed cooking. I never cooked until 2020. And then I started cooking all these different types of recipes. And I'm like, this is fun. This is fun. And then cleaning. And then I was just finding much, so much joy in things that I thought I would never like before. Yeah. So you were nurturing yourself, you know, cooking was a very nurturing activity. And I, I, I understand that totally. Um, And we needed to be nurtured during COVID, right? I mean, we were isolated and it was scary and we were afraid of each other. Right. Yes. And that was the thing. Like we were all separated because of that. Oh, you're not wearing a mask. Get away from me. Oh, you're not vaccinated. Get it. You know, all this, this confusion. And it's like, oh no, I mean, it was just, all of us just need to come together and it's okay. If so-and-so is vaccinated or so-and-so is not vaccinated, it's okay. <laughs> Everyone has their own choice. It's their life. <laughs> you know, it's their choice. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. And so is your book published already or is it's coming out pretty soon? not published. I'm actually in the process. I've just finished working with a professional editor. So my next step is the publication phase. And, um, and I'm really hoping that will happen soon because I want it to be in the world. Oh, everyone needs to buy your book. I am going to buy it myself when it comes out. Thank you. Yes. Everyone needs to buy your book because I feel like it's going to help America and it's just going to help people's families and everything. Yeah. Well, um, that's my hope. You know, my hope 
my real hope and my real motivation for writing this book and putting it together and putting it in the world is I have children, I have grandchildren, um, and there's, you know, children, millions of children all over this world. And I want them to inherit a world that is safe, that is loving, that is kind, um, and that welcomes them, all children, all people. And that's my hope. That's my hope for the human race. That's my hope for America. That's hope, my hope for the people that I love in my own life. And that's really my motivation for writing this book. I love that. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Is there anything else you would like to share? I mean, even what you just said right now is just beautiful enough, but anything so else? Yeah, I just want to, um, all the only thing I want to share is that I would love to invite people to check out my website, which is www.phyllislevitt.com. And there's a place on the in there, you know, right on the homepage where if you want to enter your email address, I'll let you know when my book comes out and keep you updated with what I'm doing. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. And um, I'm trying to keep up with posting about my progress <laughs> with the book and what's going on and continuing to write blogs. And yeah, and just really want to thank you for this great opportunity. I really, really appreciate you and what you're doing and your journey and, you know, the beautiful radiant soul that you are, that you have revived out of the ashes of whatever you <laughs> from the right? depths of hell practically yeah. <laughs> right. yes, it's a testimony to the beauty of all of our human spirits yes, everyone's so beautiful and they have such a divine spirit it just needs to be brought out to our world and exactly. to, especially to america <laughs> america to america yeah because yeah. We, we love our country i yes. mean we all love our country i have oh i had i was gonna say i have my little flag here but it's not here i don't know where i put it but i have my little american flag <laughs> oh thank you so much phyllis it's been a pleasure thank you thank you for having me and thank you for doing what you're doing thank you so much <laughs> loving what you're hearing go ahead and click the links in the show notes below and if you're aligned leave a five-star review 